0: for the show that simplifies and demystifies how to live an energetic life with a flat belly. So if you're into a healthy gut and staying young, then this is the show for you. What's up, Health Heroes? Tim James here, your host with the Health Heroes Show. Um, This is a very special episode for me. Um, I've got a very special person in studio with me today, Shara Kelly. Shara and I go back um, five or... It's been more more of that seven, seven. eight, seven, seven years. Um, You know, a long time ago, I had a company. I don't know. For those of you that aren't aware of this, I had a company called The Sprout Company. When I was a financial advisor, I was growing sprouts out of my garage. In fact, if you if you didn't watch the last episode, I just did a whole episode on sprouting. So check that. I think it was episode 48 on sprouting. 49. I think it's 48. Justin, you probably would know. I don't know. But it's, it's one of those episodes, but it's about sprouting and how sprouting increases your nutrition up to 800%. So check that out. But So I had this company, and we were doing it on the side as I was a financial advisor, growing sprouts. And every year, we had Dr. Brian Clement and his wife, Dr. Anna Maria Clement, come in to Portland, and we hosted their events. So um, both of those guys are the co-directors of the Hippocrates Health Institute, where, where I started my journey, my health journey, with my buddy Charles, who had cancer. So we were, had this event. And afterwards, um, uh, Matthew, uh, Shara's husband, comes up to him and he's like, Hey Tim, he's like, I want to work with you. I want to, you know, I've, I've had prostate cancer, I have went through radiation, I went through multiple surgeries, I've been on these hormone deals, uh, medications, and um, this resonates with me. I, I want to be around this. Can you hire me? And I was like, well... I mean, it was just like this little offshoot thing Mm -hmm. that we were doing. I'm like, and I had a guy helping me already. So I said, well, we don't have anything right now, but if something comes up, I'll be in contact with you. Well, guess what? Six months later, um, uh, Carlos found a higher paying job. So he took off and did that. And and we hired Matthew. So Matthew took over the sprout growing uh, operation out of our garage. And uh, I trained him on that. And... And he just loved it, and he started doing the deliveries to all the drop spots around town. And um, I watched that guy get really healthy. Now, how old was he at the time? He was like 60-something. Let's
1: see. When he died, he was 67. And so he met you probably the last, what, three Mm -hmm. or so years of his life? Yeah, I was so like So he would have been about 63, 64. Yeah, 63. Right around
0: there. Yeah. 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 So here's yeah. here's a guy who's, you know, been through the gamut, which please mm-hmm. stay to the end because we're going to get into the behind the scenes of the reality of cancer from the spouse's perspective, dealing with when you have, you know, when your spouse has got cancer, going to all the medical treatments, how he was feeling. How she was feeling, how the treatments and, and the cancer had affected their lives emotionally, spiritually, sexually, every way that you can imagine, and we're going to get into all that. But so, so Matthew comes over; he was all excited about it, and he just started embracing it. He just he's like, "What do I do?" And I'm like, "Well, try this, do this, do this." So he started juicing the wheatgrass and juicing the sprouts, and we grew extra sprouts, and he was taking them home. You guys were probably eating them yes. like crazy, yeah. and um, and man, uh, that guy got he got ripped. I mean, he got like a six pack abs. Mm -hmm. He was working out. He was doing like, Mm -hmm. you know, weightlifting three days a week and cardio and getting really healthy. And, and that was, um, it was really cool to see his transformation. Um, so what I want to do first share is like, let's go back. Like, what was your relationship with Matthew? Like pre-cancer before the cancer? What, What were you guys up to?
1: Um, well, we were married a total of 35 years, mm-hmm. so this would have been the very last part of our relationship. Yeah, um, I would say, overall, we had a fairly good relationship, you know. I mean, as all couples, you have your ups and downs. <laughs> um, you know, there was some financial losses and things, and when you go through um, situations like that, you know, there's times where you're not getting along quite as well. That's just human nature, you yeah. know. Yeah. But I mean, we were partners for a long time and yeah. we were there for each other and going through everything with each other. Yeah. So, yeah. So, you had yeah.
0: A pretty good relationship. Yes. Yeah, you yes. were pretty tight.
1: Yes. And you guys were actually kind of into health. Oh, yes, right? yes. Kind okay, a little bit of hippie we, going on. Yeah, right? we, yeah, we were both, you know, got into natural health in, uh-huh. uh, in the 70s mm-hmm. um, as, you know, hippies going back to nature, growing our own foods, eating organically. So we really had cut a lot of, you know, processed foods, mm-hmm. chemicals, toxins, things like that were not so prevalent in our diet. Right. So,
0: yeah. so this was the interesting component because some people think, but just because you eat healthy... You can't get cancer. Right. 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 We were talking about that earlier before the show started. Like, what, what, I mean, we don't know, but we, we can kind of guess what could have caused his cancer. Well, right. number one, even though we were eating clean, you know, Matthew grew up on a farm, so he was exposed to a lot of toxins growing up. Oh, sure. And that stuff bioaccumulates right. in the fat and the muscle tissue, and it doesn't go away until you learn right. how to get it out. Right. The paint's off gassing right now. We're breathing in automobile exhaust, rubber compounds, up, right. tires, jet fuel sized mm-hmm. aluminum particles, we're all breathing that stuff in right now. So we're always bioaccumulating toxins. So that could be one thing. Mm-hmm. But you brought up a point which was the emotional component that's not being addressed. Right. Especially in, the, in Western medicine today. Yes. And yeah. there was, you know, Matthew was an entrepreneur, had his own mm-hmm. business. That kind of didn't work. The dream right. kind of got smashed. Um, and then he had to go into corporate America. Right. And so kind of tell us about that and then kind of what happened with that cuz there was a lot of stress going on there. Yes. And then how did that affect your your relationship?
1: Um well, I think in his heart he was always an entrepreneur. So he decided to go into computers probably in his 30s and it was after he married me and I think I will attribute some of that to the fact that I already had two sons that were, you know, brought into the marriage. Mm-hmm. I think that perhaps he felt that he needed something more solid, you know, like, oh, now I'm a dad, a stepdad. Yeah. There's still responsibility. And so perhaps the computer field was something he was adept at and good at, but I don't think it was particularly what he wanted to do in his heart, mm-hmm. you know? And so it was in the year 2001 when there was uh a time in his field that he needed to be taking some continuing education and he chose not to do it. But what happened is, you know, he didn't get hired for very, very many more contracts. Mm. So he wound up having to do some odds and ends. And again, things that weren't really serving his heart or his spirit. Yeah. And I think that at that juncture, when there was loss of career and loss of piece of property that we were going to purchase, so, realization of a dream that was another loss. I think that there was actually more emotional losses and financial losses that probably set him into an undiagnosed depression. yeah, you know, but I noticed it. His son noticed it. And I think that that's probably where his internal struggle began, yeah, yeah. which then manifested into something in the physical, right.
0: Which would have been the cancer. Yes. That's a possibility. Yes, I truly believe that. You know, and it's it's really weird in our society, especially for the guys listening out there today. um, I felt this. I mean, every year it's Portland and it just rains all the time or even in East Oregon, it's snowy and stuff. I always felt like maybe a week or two, I'd get this slight little depression thing. Right. Couldn't really put my finger on it. I didn't really feel that good. But then, you know talking about the emotional stuff and the way society puts these overlays onto, well, you're a boy and you should be wearing blue and you're a girl and it should be pink and, and you're a guy and you need to provide for your family. And so with men, financial abundance is really a, is one and the same. And if you're a man and you're not providing for your family, then you're not a man. And then it makes you feel like really small. Right. And I went through this, like when I went to chase my passion, my excitement, my dream um, mm-hmm. of, you know, helping people with their health, I struggled financially. I mean, I used every single dollar that I'd saved up and I was a saver. I had excellent credit and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was a financial advisor. I was, right. I did mortgages for 10 years. I was a numbers guy. And um, I felt like a little person. And I detached from friends and family and mm-hmm. and just kind of hid away in the corner because it was embarrassing because I didn't, you know, I was having a hard time just paying the rent, you know. And so um, I could see where Matthew would have those similar feelings right. because, mm-hmm. you know, you got a wife and you got kids and you got this and you can't, right. you don't have the money to do what you want to do when you want to do it. And that can be very emotionally Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. It's, it's like, it's, it's like your world's not expanding anymore. Your world's contracting and as Mm -hmm. your world gets smaller, you feel smaller. So, um, it sounds like that he was going through that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Um, and he was such a great guy too. I mean, I really enjoyed him coming over. He was, he was so happy showing up every morning. Right. He's watering the plants. plants. Yeah. Making the wheatgrass juice, doing all that stuff, and watching that guy get healthy was um, was uh, it was pretty amazing. So then, when I remember, I got a call from him, and he said, "My kidneys are not working,"
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it was he goes, "I'm pissed." He goes because mm-hmm. I've done all the work over the last two years. Yeah. a lot of the stuff I learned from you and the Clements and Hippocrates and other stuff that I've researched. I've cleaned my body up. I've healed myself in so many ways, yet the radiation has destroyed my, my kidneys. Right. And I'm freaking sick and tired of getting poked and prodded. I don't want to see another doctor anymore. Yeah. I'm done. I'm not going to go into dialysis. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have the toolkit back then to offer him anything else. I didn't know anything. So I just supported right. him with his decision. You know, he... May or may not have listened, but I would have given him stuff that he would have done now. I mean, I have stuff now that I would have shared with him, Mm -hmm. but back then I didn't. Right. So I think what we'll do is we'll we'll take a quick break. And then Mm -hmm. when we get back, I want to kind of get into what was it like going through cancer with your significant other and how that worked on in your life. Okay. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm health coach Tim James from chemicalfreebody.com. We're offering you a great opportunity to try our health coaching for free. So click on the get offer button to book a free 30 minute health coaching call. Also, as a thank you for booking with us, I'm gonna give you this uh, free copy of our gut detox guide for you to download. This is a $67 value. You're gonna love it. We use it with all our coaching clients. I use it myself. So book your health coaching call right now and we'll talk to you soon. here i'm back with shara kelly and um now we're going to dive into like real life the real life stuff like behind the scenes what's it like to be a spouse of somebody with cancer going through the treatments going to the doctor's appointments dealing with the side effects and uh, so shara let's just do this so matthew gets diagnosed uh when 2008
1: 2009
0: 2009 Mm -hmm. and then just Tell us, just start from well, there. You get, he comes up to you, or you, how did you hear about it and what happened?
1: Well, we, he basically had um, um, a physical. Mm-hmm. And in the physical, they said, well, your prostate is enlarged, mm-hmm. so we need to send you to another doctor, and they're going to have to do a biopsy. So, I mean, they dove right into it. Yeah. Okay?
0: So um, And just really quick, for those listening, if you're not sure what a biopsy is... They're going to reach in and they're going to cut out a chunk of the prostate and look at it under a microscope to see if the cancer, if the cells are cancerous or if they're benign. Okay, keep right. going.
1: So once the biopsy was done, we were, we both went together to mm-hmm. see the doctor. And the doctor said, um, <clears throat> 80% of 80 year olds have prostate cancer, but it doesn't kill them. However, you're the one, usually one a year that I have to talk to to share that your type of prostate cancer is very aggressive, fast moving and will kill you within a year if you do nothing. That was the diagnosis. Mm -hmm. So it was just, boom, you know? Yeah. And so of course they recommended surgery and they Mm -hmm. recommended it quickly. So it was probably within a month. Yeah. So not a lot of time to think about this. when, When they,
0: when they talked to you, did you and Matthew feel very fearful? From what they were telling you?
1: Yes. Yeah. It felt very urgent. hmm It felt like, well, I guess if you don't do this, you'll die. <laughs> you know? So yeah. um, it was that, that component that it was aggressive and fast-moving. It will jump ship to your other organs, you know, mm-hmm. if we don't do something, if we don't remove it. Did you guys was... get a
0: second opinion or a third opinion?
1: We actually did not. No, he went to a really good uh, urologist at uh, St. Vincent's, mm-hmm. and it just seemed, it just all happened so fast. And saying, you need surgery in a, in a month, I mean, there wasn't a lot of time really to schedule you know, a second or a third opinion when you hear that kind of diagnosis. Right, right. So um, I think we just felt that there was no choice, that he had to act quickly. Okay is kind of what happened.
0: So then what happened? The surgery gets scheduled. What was that like?
1: Um, Well, I can't recall exactly how long it was or anything, but um, as anyone is, you're very wiped out after surgery. But it was very traumatic because with prostate cancer, when they remove the prostate and they have to also cut all of the um, nerve endings, because apparently if they catch prostate cancer early they can keep nerves intact in his case the doctor said I have to cut high and wide and you're not going to have any n- nerves operating anymore therefore no feeling therefore immediate ed right Erecti- erectile dysfunction Yes. so basically
0: he will not be able to get an erection anymore. right right okay
1: so um what was so, that when
0: you when you hear that what was that like for you being a, as a woman well hearing that
1: it's just crazy because you're the one who you're the spouse so it's not happening to you but it's happening to your life because because this is my partner this is my husband so that means that portion of our life our intimate life is never going to be the same
0: yeah
1: never going to be the same yeah so it was a death it was a death of sorts yeah and that is what a friend of mine who was a counselor said to me once he had died Mm -hmm. was I think you started grieving at the time of surgery and I said yeah because it's a loss Mm -hmm. it's a loss in your uh, type of connection you've had your whole marriage it's just going away Mm -hmm. you know so yeah definitely a feeling of loss definitely uh, was emotional Mm -hmm. you know to feel that well this isn't going to be a part of my life at least not in this way right you know, and I think it's it's very traumatic. I mean, we went into counseling that was provided through the doctors group, and the couples would be together, and then they would separate us, where the women would be together and the men men would be together. So the women got to talk about how did we feel about not a normal sex life anymore. Yeah, and it's it's very traumatic, and it it changes things. Yeah, huh. and because we're adults, you know, mm-hmm. this is. This is a desire and a need, and, yeah, it's, there's no other explanation other than it's it's a great loss.
0: So how many surgeries did
1: Matthew have? Well, he had the first one to remove the prostate. Mm-hmm. Then the doctor said, well, you can have what's called a, pe- a penal prosthesis, mm-hmm. and that is where they put some type of apparatus into the penis so that you can— get some sort of uh, sexual experience. But it was so weird and so unnatural, you know, that I don't think it really worked all that well for either one of us. So he went through that second surgery in hopes that this part of his life would come back to norm, Mm -hmm. and it didn't. And then, who knows whether there was um, a a hernia in their previous, or if it had developed, through all these surgeries, but then they said, oh, now you have a hernia right in that same area. So that, that was his third surgery. Yeah. So three surgeries in, gosh, a year and a half.
0: Yeah, that's a lot. That takes
1: it out of you, too.
0: Yeah. I remember him so, talking to me about that penal implant. He, I was like, I mean, I was blown away when he told me about it. Oh, before. yeah. And I'm just like, so. I'm like, whoa. Yeah. He's like, yeah. It's like he goes, it's inside of so me. Strange. And I push on it and it pumps it up. Yeah, and then I push another button inside there, and it pshhh, and it goes down. Yeah, I'm just thinking that's crazy.
1: Yes, that is crazy. Yes, it's like part robot or something. So you know?
0: yeah, so again, there's mm-hmm. an emotional thing because he's he's trying. Yes. He went through the whole surgery just basically f- for you, you know.
1: Yes, And, true. and, and maybe to feel true. like
0: maybe to feel like right. maybe for himself too to feel to, like yeah. a man again.
1: Right, because it changes everything. Mandate. You know. Yeah. As far as size, everything changes. So they couldn't really bring that back once. If you don't have the blood flow Mm -hmm. and the nerves and everything going, it's, it's a muscle Yep. and you don't, and you've cut off the muscles, whether it's your arm or wherever, you're not going to have the same muscle tone. Yeah. Same size, you know? Yeah. That's so
0: the case. Yeah. Okay. So three surgeries, year and a half, that was traumatic, obviously. Now I want to talk about the hormone treatments. Mm-hmm. So, how did that get started and what happened?
1: Well, um, his PSA numbers were starting to rise again, mm-hmm. so they said, okay, we've done surgery, we've, we've done radiation, can't do any more of that, so now we're going to go to hormone treatment. And basically, they say in the medical field that, the, for a male, that the prostate cancer grows with uh, testosterone. So they want to suppress the testosterone, which for a man, that's suppressing him being a man. Pretty okay. much, yeah. So then they more or less increase the um, estrogen and progesterone and decrease testosterone. It's, it's probably similar to the hormone treatments that someone takes when they're changing genders. Mm-hmm. So he went through the experience of feeling like he was becoming a woman. Yeah. He was having hot flashes. Yep. You know, feeling more emotional, um, you know, just, you know, crying easily. And then over time, he started, his breast started growing. So. His breasts. His, yes. Yeah. So. I
0: remember that, conver- uh, I remember that conversation. He was telling me all this. He's like, he goes, I'm on these hormone medications and they made my hair fall out. Yes, on that On my legs too. and my arms.
1: Yeah. Adam's apple went away too.
0: Adam's apple yep. went away. Yeah. I started growing breasts. Yes. And he goes, I'm sitting here watching commercials on TV, and I'm sobbing uncontrollably, yeah. just watching a commercial. Yeah. And finally, he told me, he goes, I just said, the hell with it.
1: Yes. Right. It, it just altered him so much that he just didn't feel like himself. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was living with a woman, practically. I mean, we discussed this in the woman's group. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the uh, women were saying, my husband smells like a woman. <laughs> I'm going... I know, it's getting really twisted, you know. Yeah.
0: You didn't sign up for that deal. <laughs>
1: right. Yeah. So it's a strange phenomena to watch someone go through it, someone you love, and also to be on the receiving end of the witnessing all of this.
0: So he gets off the hormone medications and then did that help out yes, the relationship? Yes,
1: or it did, and it certainly helped him because he wasn't sleeping well. Mm-hmm. He started feeling more himself again. You know, like settling back into himself yeah. rather than becoming someone else, mm-hmm. which was how it felt, you know. Yeah. I couldn't even imagine. So um, that definitely helped him. And it helped him psychologically. And and besides, it, it, they said to him at one point, oh, now you're developing, you have a tiny little benign um, cyst in your breast. And being a man, he said, I'm not going from prostate cancer to breast cancer. This is insane. Yeah. And that's when he made the decision. He was going off of it. And they begged and pleaded with him to take some experimental drugs, you know. And at that point, he's like, no, I'm, I'm turning to nature. That was about when he met you. Yeah. I'm turning to nature. I'm going to eat lots of live foods and green foods and the sprouts and, mm-hmm. and lots of um, vital, you know, veggie drinks and that sort of thing. Yeah. And lots of supplements, you know, so keeping nutrition. So up what, really high
0: so what happened when he started making that change he went plugged back into nature after you know we didn't talk about the radiation was there anything on the radiation that you wanted to share well before we get into one that?
1: thing i will say about the radiation is um fortunately because we were already very well versed in in natural healing modalities mm-hmm. he chose to go to an acupuncturist who used to be an md and now she went to Eastern medicine and was an acupuncturist. So she knew cancer from both sides and she did amazing acupuncture treatments. Every time he'd go in for radiation, he would go directly to her and she would do uh, a treatment that would pull the heat out of his body. Mm-hmm. This radiation puts so much heat yeah. and and creates inflammation in your body. Yeah. And so she pulled it out. And I would say he probably had only 30% of the um, side effects that you get from radiation. I mean, physically. Yeah. I don't know what it was doing internally. It, like it'll destroy
0: nerves. And yes. You can lose feeling. Yes. You can get numbness. And right.
1: So that did help him to go through that process.
0: Well, you there's know? a key takeaway right there. If, 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 For those of you out there listening, <laughs> if you have a loved one, a friend or family member that is like, by God, I'm going to do radiation, mm-hmm. try to find a really good acupuncturist that understands yes. that. That's a, that's something that's, that's new to me. So I love this yes. is stuff. I love, I, I won't forget that. Mm-hmm. So thank you for mm-hmm. sharing that. That's a, that's a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully we can talk about now about plugging back into nature, which
1: right.
0: I don't, you know, if you're not in fear mode, <laughs> you know, it's like, why don't we just plug into nature first? Right. And see where we can go with that. So yeah. what happened after But he, he already did three surgeries, radiation, he's doing the acupuncture yeah. to kind of offset that. Hormone therapy, he says, to the hell with that. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be uh, uh, crying all the time and right. all these other problems. Right. So Matthew, that's when about when he ran into us at Dr. Klamath's right. event, and he decides, I'm going to get back into nature. So then what happened yes. to him when he plugged back into
1: nature? Well, he started sleeping better. Mm-hmm. He started having more energy. He started feeling like maybe there's a reason to keep going, mm-hmm. you know, because I think mm-hmm. when you're under this, you know, kind of dark cloud – you know, of dealing with what medicine has to offer you. And it's, I mean, yes, it extended his life, but he didn't feel like himself anymore, mm-hmm. you know. So he went through that hole, down that rabbit hole, and it was, it was a coming back up and coming back into who he was and feeling his uh, vibrancy and his energy and, and probably even connecting better with his own spirit. You know, when you get that clarity. Right. And you're aligning yourself more with nature. Yeah. Yeah, so
0: Did that did that improve your improve your relationship?
1: Well, yes it did. Mm-hmm. But there was there's a lot there was just a lot of damage done.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, it's kind of you can't take it back to what it was. Yeah. Whenever you've gone through something traumatic. Yeah. You know, you go into the next chapter. It's not as though that didn't exist that right. will always exist in yeah. the timeline, you yeah, know. Absolutely, awesome. But but okay. I think he just we both felt better and and we went out on more walks together, mm-hmm. you know. So yeah. there was that that part was really good. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He seemed like a pretty happy dude. Yeah. Towards towards the end, yes. of, You know, until until the whole thing with the kidneys. Yes. So yes. All right, cool. Well, um this has been some awesome information. Um, we're gonna take another quick break, and when we get back. We're going to get into um, some of the things that um, that that you really got from. Like, I want to talk about the things that you found out that 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 you wouldn't have changed, and some of the things that you that you would have changed um, in going through that process with Matthew, and then maybe what you would recommend to other people going through it. We'll be right back. You want the absolute best for yourself, and you want it to be easy. That's why we created Green 85. It helps with detoxifying the body gently. We're proud it's chemical-free, unlike almost all other supplements you'll find. Bottom line, Green 85 will get you healthier. We look forward
1: to hearing what Green 85 did for you.
0: To get this product and our other amazing products, go to chemicalfreebody.com. That's chemicalfreebody.com. Hey, Health Heroes, Tim James here. I'm back again with uh, Shara Kelly um, on a really, this is a really intimate show here that we're uh, sharing with you guys today. This is the inside scoop of, of someone dealing with cancer with a spouse. Um, A 35 year marriage and and going through medical treatments and acupuncture treatments and natural healing and all these other things. And Cher, we've had a really good uh, conversation so far. I think you've had some really good insights for some of the folks listening. Now, I kind of want to go back and say, knowing what you know now, looking back, what are the things that you and Matthew did that you would? You would continue to do today. You would have said we made the right decision. I would still do that. What are those things?
1: Well, probably eating healthy, (laughs) and you know, focusing on I think the sprouts and more greens in our diet. That was something that you know Mm -hmm. that would be good to follow through in your whole life. Right. Okay, and um, and I think I learned a lot about. That emotions Mm -hmm. and the mind are also very important for anyone going through any kind of Mm -hmm. um, health challenge, you know, disease is we cannot forget about that. Like, it's really important to um, both Matthew and I started focusing more on meditation. Awesome. You know, making certain that we were meditating daily and trying to become in harmony Mm -hmm. with our spirit as our body, mind, and emotions were going through this experience. Yeah. Um, And I feel that I've learned, that I have come to the conclusion that emotions are very, very important when it comes to our health. Absolutely. So it's not just what we eat, it's what we think and what we experience emotionally. What we feel. What we feel, yes.
0: So during this talk today, you've, you've come back to emotions multiple times. Yes. So I think that's something that... It's a key takeaway. It's, I
1: think it's... That's what I... Because we ate really healthy. Mm-hmm. So it was a real shock to realize, wow, you know, you can remove these chemicals from your diet. You can eat really healthy and still wind up with cancer. Mm-hmm. So it made me think, well, then what is the missing component that we're not seeing here? No. And it's emotions. Again,
0: it's the no right? Yes. So especially for the people out... Th- those of you listening today, especially the guys and women, women too, like when we coach people, like I still a third of the clients that I personally private coach are cancer patients. Uh-huh. You know, it used uh-huh. to be all cancer because that's kind of how we wrapped into it, but now it's right. kind of a third, third, third athletes and people want to lose weight and look younger, but still a third's cancer patients. Uh-huh. And the first thing I, the first thing I, t- I, I tell them is like you, you, you know, well, number one is congratulations. And then they, they don't understand what I'm talking about. I said, well, because you have a very unique opportunity here that most of us on this planet are not going to have.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And do uh, you know what that is? And they, nobody's answered it, you know, because I didn't know this stuff either. I was taught this. Mm-hmm. And, well, what is that opportunity? Well, the opportunity is like you actually get a chance to live. Right. Not just kind of go through life and I'm going to go to high school and I'm going to go to college and I'm going to get a job and I'm going to get a mortgage and I'm going to have a couple kids and a dog and I'm going to go on a couple mm-hmm. vacations a year and eat whatever I want and go to party and drink a beer and Super Bowl and repeat, 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 repeat. Right. But actually to live, to be present, to be in the moment and to experience things at their fullest and not be in the past and not be living in the future and live right now because right now is all we have. So it's a it's a unique gift that's been given to you, as when you get diagnosed with cancer or some type of a you right. know a disease that could possibly you know take your life. Um, so that's number one. Number two would be that um, they've got to get their head right.
1: Mm-hmm. Those emotions
0: you talk about.
1: Right.
0: When I'm chatting with somebody, I'm like, look, you have got to look at this cancer as the best thing that's ever happened to you. Right. Period. Because obviously your life is off track all the cancer is right. is a big form of contrast allowing you to know hey you're off path right you need to come back to your path right so when you feel angry when you feel fear when you feel these emotions and stuff like that when you get cancer when you you know stub your toe when you get in a car accident all these things you manifested these things mm-hmm. and they're just they're not bad They're meaningless. Right. They're only the meaning you attach to them. So instead of looking at them as bad, we teach that they become the contrast. Oh, I've got cancer. Fantastic. I'm way off my path. It's time for me to get back on my path.
1: Right. Right.
0: Right. So that's a whole different way of looking at it. And that's a more higher frequency, a higher vibe. And I can tell you in my experience, the people that said look to him, I'm going to live. Period. I've got kids. I've got this. I've got that. I've got, and they start naming all these reasons. They start building up all this emotional frequency. And by the year, you know, July 2023, I will be cancer free. Those people, they're going to make it. Mm-hmm. They're going to make it. Because it's mind over It's matter. almost every single time. Yeah. Are, but they're <laughs> ones like, well, maybe I'll eat some sprouts, do a couple green juices, you know, this and that. And they just, right. I'll kind of try. Right. Right. Then not so much. No. No, it's not. I haven't really seen that work too well. Right. Right. It's kind of like all in. Even if you go medical route, if you're like medical route, then do it 100% and believe that it's going to work. Yeah. Believe that it's going to work. I mean, you've probably heard of these things where in the hospitals, a lady was sitting there and she's in for something. It's a minor surgery. She overhears the doctors. They're talking about somebody else. Yeah, she's going to be dead in a A week. week. And then she dies. Right. It wasn't her. They weren't even talking about her. That's how powerful the mind is. That's why they do placebos and they give somebody this drug and they give them a sugar tablet. Right. And the people, somewhere between whatever it is, 18 to 72% of the people taking sugar heal
1: (laughs) because of the belief. Mm -hmm. Right.
0: Because it's so powerful. So I think what you brought up today is like, and you've come back to it multiple times. And I think it's something that people really need to recognize is that you have to really work on those emotions. Right. Right. And you brought up two other things that you said that you would do again, too. One of them was meditation. Yes. Be, g- being grateful and meditating yep. and clearing your mind, you know, yes. meditation doesn't have to be some woo-woo thing. It's just clear your mind. Right. And be grateful for what you have and just get all this society and all the chatter out of your head. I mean, we right. just chatter endlessly. Right. Right. And then the other thing you said was the beginning you would continue to do in this process if you had to go through it again, which was you would just plug back into nature and eat healthy. Right. I mean, that's kind of common sense. Mm -hmm. We get, we try to complicate things sometimes so much, right? True. All right. So now the other question is knowing what you know now for somebody listening today that's possibly just got diagnosed with cancer, is in the middle of a treatments or whatever, or has already been through all that gamut. What would would you have done differently than you and Matthew did, looking back? Or what do you think he would have done differently, both of you?
1: I think if we hadn't gone into that feeling of panic, Mm -hmm. you know, when he went to the doctor, and if he could have just stepped back, and what I would have liked to have seen is just consult with a natural doctor at that point in time, maybe Mm -hmm. not another surgeon but just to go to, like, a naturopath or someone who had dealt with cancer. Just to find out, are there other options before we take that plunge? Yeah. Because there's no turning back once you do the surgery. Yeah. Uh, and, and he did say that along, along the way, too. He said, I wished I hadn't panicked, mm-hmm. you know, or even maybe thought so strongly he said this to me about you or our son and really thought about me is this really what I want? See, I don't think because of the way they pushed it on him, this has got to be done quickly, we need to do this surgery in a month. He didn't have enough time to process it. Mm-hmm. I would say even if you get a major cancer diagnosis, just take some time to step back, maybe consult with someone who's a natural doctor, mm-hmm. you know, or herbalist, something along those lines. And... And really meditate instead of just being reactionary just really go within and try to get answers from your own higher self mm-hmm. ask for guidance you might be shown a different way yeah. and when we're in the physical we're in that panic mode we cannot connect with our higher self which will will guide us perhaps along a more natural lines mm-hmm. if we can just stay out of that realm of influence strong influence by what the doctors are telling you. The fear. Yes. Yes. And the other thing, when we spoke about emotions, because I did want to say this, I think the most important thing for anybody when they get any kind of a diagnosis is, and this might sound simple, but is to forgive yourself. Mm. Because I think that we all judge ourselves tremendously throughout our life. And in my husband's case, there was an issue where, you know, he had pretty much dropped his career because he was so wanting to be an entrepreneur. And I think that when we do things, then what we do in our mind and in our emotions is is we beat ourselves up. Mm -hmm. We beat ourselves up emotionally. And feelings are such a strong current in our body you know it's okay to feel any emotions you feel but i i think it's important to let feelings move through you and not settle in you
0: yeah
1: because i think if we have like like i feel in his case there was perhaps maybe he was disappointed in himself for some of his choices so if you if you don't forgive yourself then that is a thought that is festering somewhere in your body and then does that thought somehow create a tumor or something. I don't know. I think it's all connected Absolutely. somehow. It's we're, we're body, mind, spirit. Absolutely. So it's all very connected. So I think that the, probably the biggest lesson for everyone is to forgive yourself for anything that you may have preconceived was a bad choice or bad decision. Mm-hmm. Because if we don't let go of that and just forgive ourselves, it will come back to haunt us yeah. in some form or another.
0: Yeah. I think so. that's a wonderful, wonderful point to end with. You know, so many of us, I, I talk about it all the time in coaching, is we keep packing. Imagine going to the airport and it's a long walk. You're in the Denver airport, which is a long walk. Right. <laughs> and you got some heavy bags. And one of those heavy bags is a failed relationship. Another one's maybe another failed relationship with, a, your, with a, 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 uh, one of your kids. Right. And then another one's, a, uh, you know, you lost a property. Right. Financial failure. Mm-hmm. And then another one, uh, you know, maybe you made a bad decision and you got in trouble with the law. Mm hmm. And then you got a felony. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. You're carrying around all these baggage. Now, the person next to you had maybe read a book or ran into somebody like you that was able to share a story and gave them the courage and then the awareness that maybe they should just take those bags and just set them down
1: yeah,
0: and just walk away. Yeah. And you're going to feel so much lighter. Mm-hmm. And that's where the real healing begins. I'll never forget when I went to, um, Hippocrates, Dr. Clement on day, like let's see, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, day three of the program was fasting day, like liquid nourishment. Right. Well, I'm freaked out because there ain't no meat, there ain't no dairy, no salt, no sugar, and now we're not going to eat any food? I
1: mean, are,
0: you, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, and then, thank God, he was teaching a class on fasting. And the first thing he said is, he goes, when you guys all come here, he goes, we look at you all like little fragile eggs. And we take you and we throw you up in the air as far as we can. And we let you come down to the concrete and crack. And that's where the healing begins. Mm -hmm. Getting these emotions. Because what ends up happening, the stuff that you're talking about, the baggage, all this emotional crap that we're dragging around with us. It's always trying to come up and get out and heal. But then we use food as a dope to push it back down. Even healthy food. Right. Right? Mm -hmm. And it could be food. It could be sex. We could be workaholics. You could get into email. You could find yourself on social media late at night exposing yourself to the blue light. You could, you know... Alcoholic, smokeaholic, whatever—you right. find these hiding places, and what you're really just afraid to feel those emotions. We've mm-hmm. never really been taught to feel. Right. Parent, my parents, like they had a hard time with that. Like yeah. you know, my dad—I never saw my dad cry until he was like late seventies, mm-hmm. and then it was just like he was telling a story about when he was ten, something mm-hmm. that. And it was like it was. I saw it on his face. It was like it was happening, real time. Okay. It was like he had he'd been carrying that shit around, for sixty eight years. Yeah. Like you said, festering and festering and mm-hmm. replaying and replaying it. And we start layering in all this emotional baggage. And good lord, it brings down your vibrational frequency. Yeah. And I went through so many things. Um, I've had releases where I've cried uncontrollably for over an hour, two mm-hmm. times. Mm-hmm. Didn't know where it was coming from what it was I yeah. kind of figured I figured it out later but yeah. this is the emotional baggage that you're talking right. about and I think it's such a such a key component mm-hmm. and um, an easy way to do it is what you said is just to just to forgive yourself yes so I really want to thank you for coming on and you know sharing these intimate details of you your experience with Matthew and going through cancer, and you—you know—being, you were right there with him. I mean, oh, yeah. dealing with this stuff—it's hard
1: to witness someone that you love, you know, just losing all their energy and their will to live. Mm-hmm. It's really a very uh, difficult, you know, experience to witness.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I—I really, I, I really want to thank you for coming on the show today and sharing this. Is uh, it's like. It's one of the most awesome episodes that we've done, I think. So for those of you uh, tuning in around the world, we want to thank you for tuning in. Uh, please leave your comments down below. Please share this video, especially or this, this, this podcast. Um, uh, if you know somebody that's uh, got diagnosed with cancer or has had cancer, has been through the rigmarole, all the treatments and that kind of stuff, and they're looking for um, a leg up, um, we always believe that, you know, there's hope, and there's a lot of things, a lot of tools that you can put in your toolkit. Working on the emotional stuff, meditation, plugging back into nature, detoxing the body, and not just detoxing the gut and the fat and the muscle tissue, but detoxing your mind and your emotions, and getting out of and getting out of that kind of stuff out of your, just out of your system and out of your body and out of your spirit, so that you can feel light, and you can feel good again. So I hope this episode finds you guys well, and. Um, and I guess that's it. So, Shara, thanks again for being here. It's a very special episode. And um, until next time, change yourself, change your world, and we'll see you again real soon. Bye. Thanks for listening again to the Health Hero Show. I'm your host, Tim James. And remember, change yourself, change your world, and we'll see you again on the next episode. Talk to you soon. Bye.